Tonight, we are going to talk about discipleship, but in a, in a little bit of a different way than we have been. Uh, we've been looking at the, the biblical uh, idea of discipleship and a couple key points around discipleship from the Gospels. Um, so we talked about the, the cost of discipleship weighed against the value of Jesus. Uh, we talked about the uh, discipleship in one easy lesson. It turns out it's, it, it, it is one lesson. It's not so easy. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Uh, and that is that the thing that Jesus has to teach us is how to lay down our lives, how to go to the cross. And that's where our minds step in and say, no, that's not how it's supposed to go. And Jesus has to come and reform our minds, renew our minds. And then last week we talked about uh, just the idea of where we turn for, for teaching and where we spontaneously look for advice on any particular topic having to do with real life, where we go to just at the drop of a hat, that's who our rabbi is. That's who we are following. That's who's discipling us. So if that's the internet, you are a disciple of the internet. If it's Facebook, you are a disciple of Facebook. Um, but Jesus extends an invitation for us to learn from him every facet of life, in every facet of life. And this is what being a true disciple is. So we've talked a lot about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and, and the fact that that is his will for each of us. Um, but tonight I want to talk about kind of a, a more particular application of discipleship because we are a discipleship-focused church. Uh, that's one of the words that we use to describe kind of how we do stuff, where we, we emphasize discipleship. Uh, we also emphasize relationship. You know, and there's a couple other key words that sort of define us. We believe in the local church. We really believe highly in the power of the local, the small local church body. Um, but I want to talk about discipleship as we practice it as a church. All right. Uh, Jesus tasked the church with the work of making disciples. All right. And it's a little bit different. When we look at the life of Jesus and the way that he made disciples, we have to... Uh, we have to do a little bit of translation when we begin to apply that to the way that, that I personally make disciples. Okay? So Jesus... So that's what I want to talk about. What, what we are talking about when we talk about discipleship <laughs> here in this church. Okay? When we, when we say things like, um, who's discipling you? Or who are you discipling? Okay? That can be sort of a concerning phrase uh, without some context, all right? So I want to give context for that and just kind of explain what we mean when, when we talk about discipleship and why that's uh, such a key for the way we do things. Um, I shouldn't have to turn there, but I, I'm, I'm going to turn to Matthew 28. We know this. I'm just going to read it, though. It's the Great Commission. It's where Jesus turns over the mission of discipleship, the work of discipleship, to his disciples. Uh, well, to, to the whole group there. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now there's, Chad gave a great sermon on this about four weeks ago. You should go listen to it. He just talked about this passage of scripture. It's really good. But he, he pointed out that, you know, this is a mountain. This is not the first time God has called his people up to a mountain to issue some sort of command or directive. Okay, so this... This is Jesus really being God uh, in this moment and delivering to them the way that they ought to live their lives. 
And he said, all authority in heaven. Oh, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Okay, they weren't all fully there yet. Okay, they worshiped him, but there were some lingering doubts. It's an interesting detail to leave in. I think it's good for us to see that detail, right? We can all be here. We can have some doubts. Nevertheless, Jesus has said, go make disciples, okay? And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, or teach all nations, in the King James, I think it is, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Chad made a great point that 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 baptizing, that's not just a ritual, right? What's he saying? Immerse them in the life of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Meaning discipleship is an immersive thing. It's a full uh, it, it's a it's a full orbed program, if I can use some corporate jargon. Okay, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So here, clearly, Jesus, what he's saying to his disciples, he says, "This is now your task. This is your mission. Go and make disciples." I want to read another passage of scripture. Uh, after Jesus has ascended, when it appears that this work has begun uh, to happen among the church. So in, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, this is after the Holy Spirit comes, and we call it the, the birth of the church. Even though the people of God weren't born then, but the, the church, the, the church of Christ uh, was born then. They devoted themselves, this is uh, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the, the daily life of the church as we see it right when it began. Uh, this is what the, the activity of the church was. Okay? And I, I, it would be a great thing to go and unpack all of that. I can't, uh, we don't have time for that tonight. Uh, but what I want to point out here is that you don't see a single person at the center of this. You don't see Jesus coming and saying, come follow me. You see the Holy Spirit adding people to this group of people and they all together devoting themselves to the means by which God, to the channels God has set up for his Holy Spirit now to disciple them, to teach them, to be in their midst. Okay, so discipleship, no longer happens around the physical presence of the man Jesus. Right? That's where it happened when he walked the earth. But discipleship now happens by the Holy Spirit through the channels God has established. And this verse points out a few of those channels. One is scripture. Here it talks about the apostles' teaching. Okay? Obviously, they were teaching a lot about scripture, about the Old Testament. The, the apostles, the teaching they did in those days 
was teaching from the Old Testament about how Jesus was the fulfillment of all of that. And that's what they devoted themselves to. Knowing Scripture and hearing the apostles teach on Scripture. Okay? And we have, at the very least, the apostles' doctrine laid down for us in the New Testament. Okay? So they devoted themselves to teaching, uh, particularly scriptural teaching. They devoted themselves to uh, fellowship, being together, participating jointly in the day-to-day ministry of the church. It talks about later on in the, in the passage where it says, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, there's this group mentality. It also says that they've sold everything and they put it in the pot. Right? Meaning, they've taken all of who they are and they've let it be added to the corporate needs. And they were distributing as any had need. Let all of my life be used wherever it needs to be used. Okay, that's, that's part of the activity of the church. And when people come together and touched by God and, and, and encouraged by God, lay themselves out and put themselves at the disposal of the needs in the body. It's a beautiful picture of church. Uh, breaking of bread. And that, we devote ourselves to the breaking of bread. Really minute, gathering around, receiving the body and blood of Jesus, communing with him, receiving him into their lives. And prayers, right? Communicating with God together. All right, so this is, what, this is what discipleship looks like, okay? After Jesus has ascended. It's a, it's, a, it's a body of believers devoting themselves to the teachings of God, prayers, fellowship, and the breaking of bread. And that is the substance of discipleship now, okay? <clears throat> so there is a... There's a process and a sequence that we see in Scripture of, of maturity. Another, another great word for discipleship would be growth and maturity. Growth in Christ-likeness. Okay? Maturing. Um, so when we talk about discipleship, based on those two passages of Scripture that I just read, one that God has called the church now to make disciples, and two, we see what that discipleship, what that daily activity looked like, the channels that God has set up to actually break into the earth and into our lives, um, we will say things like, um, you need to be discipled. Someone needs to disciple you. Now, for us, that does not mean... So this, I want, I want to talk about it and just kind of unpack this and sort of translate it for you because it's one of those, I think, CF, CFE's words that floats around there. Um, we, we say that word, discipler, be discipled, or disciple someone. And it's tricky because that usage isn't really in Scripture. right? That's not really a biblical usage of the word uh, disciple. Um, and there aren't really that many pictures of it in of what we particularly do, the kind of the method, the, the practical method that we have for discipleship here. Um, you could look at the life of Paul and Timothy, but that's, a little, that's even a little bit tricky. That, that is a discipleship relationship, but it's also more than that. Um, and in fact, Timothy had basically been discipled to maturity by the, before he met Paul. Uh, if you go read in Acts, when, when Paul met uh, over in Derby, when he met, there's a fly flying around me, 
when he met uh, Timothy in Derby, there was a there was a community there that highly recommended him to Paul. He had established himself as a man of integrity and as a, as a worthy disciple. So Paul took someone who had basically gone through the basic steps of what we would call discipleship and brought him into his ministry team and continued his discipling toward the end of really releasing him as, a, as a, an apostle. Right? So Paul then began to disciple Timothy or to mentor Timothy, I would call it, in the specific ministry of apostleship. And he brought him onto the apostolic team. So people always point out that as an example of a discipleship relationship, and I think that's, that's okay to an extent. But we also need to realize that Paul and Timothy had a senior apostle, junior apostle relationship that doesn't really set the model for every discipleship relationship out there. Does it make sense? Okay. So I think it's, I think it's easiest uh, for me to, to start by saying what discipleship, what a discipling relationship is not. All right. Uh, what a discipleship relationship is not. It's not a counseling relationship. It's not someone who, who is going to counsel someone through a, a tough life situation. That's not a discipleship relationship. That's a counseling relationship. It's not a mentoring relationship. And by mentoring relationship, I mean some sort of transfer of expertise or wisdom from one person to another. Right? It's not, it's really not that. Okay? Uh, it is not a hierarchy or authority structure. Discipler, disciplee, whatever you want to call it. It's not a hierarchy or an or a authority structure. Uh, it's not an indefinite state. Do you know what I mean by that? It, 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 has, a, it has an ending. It's, it's for a time. Okay? It's, it's definite. It's finite, I would say. Uh, it's not a codependent relationship where I feel drawn to you because I feel like you need me and you're drawn to me because I give you attention and we have this kind of thing. I want to be needed by you and you like being provided for by me and, and kind of befriended by me and sought. It's not that. Okay, that's actually a very unhealthy thing that can, that can happen in the church. Um, and it's not the ministry of gifting, ministering your gifting to someone else. Um, now, I'll say this, besides the codependent thing and the hierarchy, some of these will happen within a discipleship relationship. But it's not what a discipleship relationship looks like. It's not what it is. In other words, you might be uh, a gifted at exhortation. And if you are discipling someone, that gift is going to come out in that relationship because that's who you are. But that's not what you are discipling. That's not how you are discipling them. You may be prophetic and they may come out in a discipleship relationship, but that's not the process of discipleship. Does it make sense? So it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't follow the lines of gifting. Okay. And this is a trap that a lot of people fall into because they, they think that becoming qualified to disciple someone means I have to stir up some kind of gifting or I have to look like this personality. But it's not. God wouldn't call everyone to do something that only a few people excelled at. All right? So we have to, we have to realize that discipleship is the common call 
for everybody in the church, both to be a disciple and to help disciple others. All right? Now, we have to establish the person that does the discipling is Jesus, always. And if you want to use that language, you should at least have in the back of your mind, I am discipling someone to Jesus. Right? Or you could just scrap the term wholesale and, and just call it something else. You could call it uh, one word that kind of came out of the 70s discipleship movement was follow-up. I'm following this person up. <laughs> Meaning I'm, I'm coming alongside them, helping them grow. Okay, So I said what it's not, what it is. What is a discipling relationship? Or what does it mean to disciple someone? And this is what it means. To disciple someone means to take responsibility to help by any means necessary someone initiate and or mature in their relationship with Jesus. That's it. To take responsibility to help by any means necessary, to help someone by any means necessary initiate or mature in their relationship with Jesus to the point where they become fellow workers in the same work. That's it. It's helping someone either begin a relationship with Jesus. Well, let me walk through that definition. To take responsibility. So this means you initiate relationship. You initiate relationship with someone. You consider them. You pray for them. You become genuinely concerned. As Paul says of Timothy, I have no one like him. For he will be genuinely concerned. He will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Um, that's... That's what we want to become. Um, to take responsibility to help. Okay? I think being a helper is a great way to see yourself if you are in the position of discipling someone. What are you helping? Well, you're helping whatever work that God is doing in their lives, being available to be used by God to assist in the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do. You're helping what the ministry of the body is doing in their lives. You're helping them find place. Everything okay? <laughs> gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so to take responsibility to help by any means necessary. That means that it's not, discipleship is not like an extracurricular activity that you can choose to engage in in your church life. It's, it's, it is the substance of church life. All right? Uh, by any means necessary. So it means that whatever the relationship takes, whatever scheduling it requires, whatever means, whatever resources, time, energy, whatever it takes to help that person, you commit to do that. So you either help them initiate, in which, like this would be basically doing evangelism. You're helping someone get to the place where they have begun a walk with Jesus. Okay, That's one aspect of discipleship. The other aspect of discipleship is helping someone mature and grow to the point where they are ready to do the same thing for someone else. Okay, 
So those two things are the work of discipleship. You're either helping someone come into a relationship with Jesus or you're helping someone grow up into maturity and to join the team of people that is making disciples, that is engaged in the work of the church. Okay? So if you're in this church, you're either part of that team or you're on your way to becoming part of that team. Those are the two possible states. I guess the third one is you, you, are, you haven't yet begun a relationship with God. Those are the three possible states that you can be in as part of our church, biblically. You're either an unbeliever or you're a believer who's growing in maturity or you've become part of that team that is making disciples. Does that make sense? All right. Um, I hope that this sparks some questions and we'll have some time for questions at the end because I think I will cover a lot more if questions come in. <laughs> And be able to, to close some loops. Um, okay, so discipling, when we say you need to be discipled, you need to get discipled, you need to disciple someone, all of that stuff. What it means is God has tasked the church with the, the work of making disciples. You're either being trained to become part of that team or you're a part of that team who's training others. That's it. And again, this is not, this is the common life, right? This is not for super Christians. I think along in the middle of the century, it became apparent that the church was not really discipling people. That disciples weren't being produced by the church. And so there, there came into being these, these discipling-focused ministries. And people left churches and started to flock towards the discipling ministries because that work was not being accomplished by the church. But then, the problem with that is, the church is not only a discipling ministry. Okay? And this is where the other facet of discipleship, and this will help you understand what discipleship is. Um, I think the best way I can describe it is discipleship is the skeleton of the work of the church. Okay? But it's not all the flesh and the blood and everything else. There's a lot more to the body. There's a lot more to the work. But the, fun, the foundational work, the structural work that forms the foundation of everything the church does is that of making disciples. And what is making disciples? It's just helping someone either begin or grow in their relationship with God. Using the means that God has given us to grow and learn from him. Namely, scripture, prayer, and fellowship. That's it. Everything, there's lots of other stuff that goes on in the church. But if you can clear your mind of all of the other stuff that goes on in the church and focus on the work of discipleship, you'll actually be able to engage in that work and become part of that team a lot more quickly. So a lot of people think discipleship is you need special training, you need, um, you need special gifting, you need special strengths and personalities. No, anybody can join that work because it simply consists in making yourself totally available to someone in a way that helps them grow in their relationship with the Lord, right? It doesn't mean you have to be able to answer questions. In fact, the fewer questions you answer, the better. But it does mean that, and part of being mature means that you know where to find, where the best place to find answers to the questions are. You understand where the giftings are located in the body. 
You understand that there is a pastor here, that there are some prophetic people here, that there are people with the gift of mercy, and you can help someone go and receive from all of who Jesus is and not just the Jesus that you happen to represent. Does it make sense? So individuals do not disciple other individuals to themselves. The church disciples people to Jesus. And we all figure out where we fit in that work. All right? Now, I think everyone can get to the place where they <coughs> disciple someone, meaning that they are responsible, that they are given, that they are committed to the health and growth of this person in their walk with God. doesn't mean that they are counseling them through difficult situations. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means you're equipping them, you're helping to equip them, read their Bible, pray, uh, find true life and, and relationship in the church, and that's it. And that's what the work of discipleship consists of. Um, so this is just one track that our lives run along. There are lots of other tracks. There's the relational track, right? There's building relationship in the church. There's walking through things in those relationships. There's also, uh, there's also special ministry, right? Special ministry needs to come into our lives. There are times in our lives where we do need pastoral care. We do need uh, prophetic words. We need all of those different giftings that can come. Um, but all of that happens on top of and around the work of discipleship. Okay? We do need others to identify and release us in our particular giftings. Right? But all that happens as we give ourselves to the, just the basic work of maturing in Jesus. Okay? Um, and it can get kind of boring, and, but it's, 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 it's great. It's just simple. Right? Discipleship is not a fancy thing. Discipleship is not like super Christian stuff. <laughs> it's just basic, hey, if we have an understanding that after we are saved, we are to grow every day more into the image of Jesus, well, we need some help in that process. Um, so, obviously, so here's some things to think about. The first step toward discipling others is for you yourself to be discipled. You need to walk with someone who their life indicates that, yes, they know how to meet God in Scripture. They know how to pray. Um, they have found what part they play in the body, and they are playing that part. They're, they're offering their role and doing it faithfully and, and fruitfully. Okay? Um, someone who's like that can help a new believer Find their place. Now, there's, there's lots of different things. You might really understand Scripture. You might really be able to strong in your prayer life. But, you know, this church is a little bit new to you. That, that's an aspect of discipleship. Um, a lot of you have heard me compare it to... It's like, the, it's like um, someone has... You work at a job, and you're not a manager or anything, but you just work there, and a new employee has started. You're not, in, you're not the trainer, you're not the manager, you're not anything like that. But you have been there for a couple of years, and you know where the break room is, you know kind of all the policies, you know how someone, to help someone get acclimated to the place, right? That's what discipleship is, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not a position of leadership, you know, it's not a badge or anything like that. It's just you saying, hey, God has done a great thing in my life, and I've really learned 
how to be given to this church and godly people have poured into me, I'm going to go do that for someone else. Right? And we do it as a team. Okay? We all do it as a team. And so we have broken down into home groups. And one of the things that home groups should support and facilitate is the work of discipleship. Uh, because it is just person by person. Um, and uh, one of the roles that I want to establish in the church is that of discipler. Right? We've got some home group leaders. We've got like the plant team, the leadership team that have been here since two years before we planted. Um, but we, that team is not to do all of the discipling in the church. Right? That team is to disciple others who will disciple others who will disciple others. That's the vision. That's what we're given to. And again, and I'm, I'm <laughs> my team knows that I always come back to this. Discipleship is a fairly straightforward process. That's not to say that people's lives aren't straightforward or that people's hurts aren't straightforward. But discipleship itself is very straightforward. Okay? Discipleship will reveal the places in someone's life where they need additional ministry, where they need special ministry, where they need friends, where they need healing, where they need rebuke. Okay? But you, discipleship is just the baseline. And when you give yourself to that work, then everything else reveals itself. All the other ministry and care that someone needs reveals itself. And luckily, the body is there to handle those needs as well. But the responsibility of someone who's discipling someone else is just to their walk with God, helping them establish their walk with God and helping them find place in the body. Does it make sense? All right. Questions or comments? Or I'm glad that there's a good mix of, of old and new people here. Um, yeah. Is it necessary for both people to agree on the relationship verbally? And if so, at what point in the process should it happen? Like, should it happen up front? Or, and what's the best way to even pose that question to someone who hasn't heard this teaching? This is awesome. Yes. Um, yeah, so those are, those are the hard questions about discipleship. That's where, you, that's where you start to understand that discipleship is really an art. It's not, you're not trying to sell something to someone. And you're not just trying to be someone's buddy. So there, there's, there's a degree of intentionality that you need to reveal. Like say, um, hopefully they know if they're around for any amount of time that, hey, we are all called to, to be disciples and to make disciples. That's what, kind of what we're about here. You know, that's why we're a church. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so hopefully they understand that. And then, um, yeah, I think you, you, that was one thing that was hard for me to learn, how to like, how to actually call someone and engage someone in that way without it being like, you know, do you want to come be my Padawan Jedi or something? You know? Um, that's a skill. And I think you need to, I think as you become disciplined and more mature, you, and as your life really is given to that process, you'll be able to just say and engage people and, and, and kind of pose the question, you know, here's, here's what we do. I, I'd like to... I'd like to really help you thrive and, and grow. Would you like, I don't know, 
Do you want to go out with me? Circle yes or no. Right? <laughs> Um, so that was one question. Like, how do you pose the question? Uh, it's there's not a or what you also when when to pose that yeah, question. Yeah. First of all, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I, I think you can. Um, and here's here's what I mean. Um, eventually, I think both people need to acknowledge that this is a discipleship relationship. And they need to have that understanding. There will probably be a period where a new person has come in and, or someone has just come to the Lord or, or whatever, and they don't even really know what that is, but you have taken responsibility to be with them, to greet them, to, have, to invite them to home group, to open your life to them. You've begun the work of discipleship, right? And, and eventually you can get around to them you know, having a mutual understanding of that. But again, I think we always need to understand that it's a temporary state. That your goal in engaging someone in discipleship is bringing them onto the team and going to find someone else to disciple. Right? Yeah. So what if you're someone who wants to be discipled? If you want to be discipled? Uh, then you're just the person we're looking for. <laughs> No, you, uh, like I said, we, we are organized into home groups, and you go to a home group, and the home group leader should, if he's, if he's doing his job, should connect you with someone who can disciple you. Yeah. So to have a discipling team, I shouldn't even say a discipling team. It's a group of mature Christians is what it is. To have a, 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 a to broad to keep broadening that group of mature Christians who can who understand what discipleship means and understand how to disciple someone, and I really think that the most important thing to understand about discipleship is what it's not, because then people think that yeah I got to be this and I got to be that and I got to say this and no you don't, you really don't have to do much other than make yourself available and serve someone, because the body will do the work right and the ministry. And they'll get teaching, and they'll get fellowship, and they'll get everything. They'll get counseling. They'll get all, all the stuff they need is here in the body. You're helping them find all of that stuff. And that's where when we say someone is the point person or someone's taking responsibility, that's what we mean by I'm discipling them. It's just I am taking responsibility to make sure they get plugged in in a way that they begin to thrive and grow. That's all it is. Yeah. So what if someone wants to be discipled? Talk to a home group leader, um, and he'll help you figure out who the best person would be. Or if you have, you know, a lot of times if, like, if someone led you to the Lord, obviously they should continue that work and, and, and disciple you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is funny because my, my questions for application were, who is discipling you? And do they know that? <laughs> and then the other one is, who are you discipling? And do they know that? <laughs> yeah. I had two questions. Yeah. Um, they're not completely related. Uh, one thing I think could be helpful, you know, when you, early on you said, um, you sort of pointed to three areas in a way that someone can really come alongside someone yeah. in discipleship. Yeah. A life of prayer. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. In the word and in fellowship. And I think defining fellowship, I was just, you know, I remember this sort of coming up in one of our men's meetings when I first started coming around. It was, you know, one of the definitions of fellowship is a group of people meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim. Yeah. And that being really different, there's another definition that is more social in nature. It just talks about yes. hang out. But that, that idea that fellowshipping with someone is really shared work. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like where the metaphor comes from is the idea of that you're coming alongside of Yes. And doing work together. Yeah. Not, you're not going to parties with a bunch of doctors. Yeah. It's not built around some social function. Right. Like we do tennis, and that's our fellowship. Yeah. You know, I'm really in tennis. Someone's always in tennis or play tennis. Yeah. Um, I totally skipped over page two of my notes. I had three pages in this. But what's in there is is a little chart that we use to kind of plot the sequence of growth, right? And it looks. I don't even like. I don't even like looking at it because it, it looks just hideous, like some sort of sales chart. Um, I'm going to keep that to myself here. Um, but the, the, the sequence that it, that it illustrates is good. And this will speak to your question, JP. Um, first, the first step of discipleship is obviously that you have a, an experience of salvation. There's a moment of repentance. Okay? I mean, you get saved. You start a, you start a relationship with God. Um, you're baptized in water. Right? That was even in the Great Commission baptizing them in the name of the Father. So you're initiated into life with God through baptism, okay? And that's where it begins, okay? That's the basics. Then you establish your prayer life. And this is what, if, if you are discipling someone, these are the steps you're looking for. Okay, You're not looking for how can they heal from a past wound, and you're not looking for how can I help them... Uh, can I help them streamline their life to maximize their time? And you're, you're not a life coach, right? You are connecting them with Jesus. Jesus is their life coach, right? And there's stuff that worked for you that you worked out with God that's not going to work for everyone, all right? And this is why we disciple people to Jesus, because everything we know and that really has lasted in our lives came straight from God. It didn't, and maybe through someone, but we knew it was from God. Right, so the work is, is done by the Holy Spirit. Um, they get established in their prayer life, established in a study of Scripture, a study diet of the Word. Okay? And they get established in worship, um, both corporate worship, you know, church functions, and also private worship. Just, and worship is not just music. Uh, worship is, as Romans 12 says, it's... It's your response to who God is. It's laying yourself on the altar. You're the living sacrifice. So you get established in rhythms and patterns of availability to God and and givenness to his work. And you become integrated into the church family. Okay, And that might be another, a better word, a better way to describe the act of coming into fellowship. But that's, yes, the, the biblical word, fellowship, that's what it means. Becoming integrated... The scripture uses terms like knit together, joined together and compacted, right? These are the words formed together, built together. These are the words that we we think of when you talk about becoming integrated into the church, right? Um, So you've established that. You've you've 
become integrated in the church and then you begin to share the gospel with others and you begin to have a heart to reach others with the way that God has reached you. And then you, begin, then you become part of the process of discipling others. So what has happened from the time you got saved or what has happened from the time you got saved to the time you're discipling others? You've established your own personal walk with God and you've become a, a, a part of the family. The relationships that God wants to pour into you through those relationships have become established and there's a giving and receiving of his life through the body of Christ. Now you've become equipped to bring someone through those steps yourself. Okay? Once you become part of that, then the next step is developing new areas of ministries, things that you're specifically gifted to do. But we call everyone to become part of the discipling team before being released into your unique ministry, okay? And this is something different than a lot of churches because a lot of churches say, how can you get involved? Maybe you want to be on the worship team. Maybe you want to be on the greeter team. Maybe you want to be the coffee and donut guy that makes sure coffee and donuts are there every week and, and plug people in in those, in those ways of, of serving, and that's not bad. But someone can just hang out there and think they're a vital part of the church. But there's a lot more to that. And you yourself can give your life and revolve your life around someone in a way that helps them grow. And everyone should be a part of that process. So we call people to, to get discipled. And then once you're part of that team, that team begins to realize what you're uniquely gifted to do and can kind of identify it and release it. Right. Um, but releasing people into their specific ministries is actually hurtful if they haven't really learned the skill and the cost of laying down your life for someone else, of just serving by any means necessary. I think that's an important phrase in the definition of discipleship. You learn how to connect. Talk about cross-cultural experiences. I mean, you really become a missionary. You don't have to go across the ocean to have a cross-cultural experience. If you just try and get close with another human being, it's a cross-cultural experience. It calls you out of yourself. You have to learn a different language. You have to learn different body language, different habits, right? So we learn this. We become missionaries to the people that God gives us to. And then you begin to reproduce other disciples. You begin to, now you have discipled someone, and now you're releasing them to disciple others. And that's really, once you've gone through that process, and you've started to develop your unique areas of ministry, that's really when you've, when you've gone through the paces that you need to go through to be able to, to care for a home fellowship group and to be a part of the home fellowship leadership team. And at that point, we would give you a, a measure of leadership and responsibility in that way. But there's a whole, there's a whole host of, of ministry and activity and even discipling ministry in the church that doesn't make you have to be a leader. Or take on that. It's just the bread and butter life of the church. And this is important. I, I, and I think as a new church, it's important for us to realize this. We have a good mix of old and new. Our culture should be discipleship. Right? If we're known for anything, it should be we know how to disciple people. We know what that means. Okay? Because that's the foundation that everything else gets built upon. Amen? Okay. Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah. And 
some of this is coming from time that spent when Dan talked through some form of sure. foundations. Yeah. And, you know, as I recall it and understood it, you know, that there's this, this task that the church bears for evangelism. Yes. And at some point in that process, like, you know, Mason Dan and College Ministry, they're reaching out to somebody, and those people become aware of their own sinful nature. They repent, like you said. Yeah. And, and then they just had this light bulb moment where yeah. actually then they are believers. Yes. And they see it. But then, because of that light bulb moment, then their heart and their orientation is towards this hunger. Like, anyone was saying, like, somebody says, hey, you know, man, I want to decide. I realize yeah. that, like, there's something out there that I need. Like, would be that, you know, from a someone that's doing the discipling, like you said, by any means necessary, someone's really willing to lay down their life and lay down their preferences. Yeah. <clears throat> lay down their time, lay down their schedule. Yes. Cancel appointments, cancel whatever it takes to go meet this yeah. person. But that from a pursuit and hunger standpoint, that really the person that's going to be discipled has to, has to be, because this their past evangelism now they're believers. Yes. Has to be putting forth the effort. And I know it's dangerous to put percentages on things where for the sake of illustration, yeah. I remember him saying, like, it ought to look something like 70 30. Like, if a person isn't pursuing being discipled, they may not have really had that not liable fully. Yeah. You know? And that, as a disciple, you want to be mixed up available. But if you're, having to, if you're having to wear somebody out to get together, and you're like, hey, you know, or you're yeah. having to go to great lengths to try to, you know, then they may not be at that stage where they think they are. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 one person at a time, and, and I, I wouldn't. I think that ratio isn't fixed. Yeah, the percentages aren't fixed. I mean, it might be a hundred percent you for a little while, you know, and then the light bulb begins to click, and then you know, obviously, you want to call them to because if you're discipling them well, you're not creating a dependence on yourself. You are put. You you are trying to help them stay in the presence of God, and if they are they will become hungry to be a part of his people. And that, that really is what discipleship is all about, is teaching someone how to really be hungry and pursue God um, and helping them see that that's, that's what life is about. Um, so yeah, I, I, think it, I think it fluctuates. And there are times when you've got to be patient with someone and, and their motivation has gone out the window and, you know... This is where discipling isn't so straightforward, right? The next step is clear. How to get there, how to, take, how, how to get them to take the next step isn't so clear. And that's where you do need other people in your life to come and help you assess the situation. You don't want to say, well, they're just not, I'm not going to give them any more effort because they've, I've talked to them. You need other people to help you grow, right? Because the other part of this is learning how to walk with someone who's growing in their faith is like learning how to parent a child in some ways. And there's a lot that you, there's a lot that God wants to do in you as the, as the discipler through someone who is a little bit immature, right? I always say you first need to ask the question, what's God getting at in me through this person? And then how can we help them see What's get, what's what's hanging them up, you know? What's causing the delay, and what's, you know, what needs to be happening in their life? But God brings people, and we commit to it, and then what happens is it 
brings us to the end of ourselves. And that's exactly what it should do. Because then it, it, the more that happens, the more you are able to, to truly love people and, and point them in the right direction. So we meet God in new ways as we step into the work of discipleship. It's not like, hey, we know God, and now we can tell other people about him. It's, hey, we've known God as provider. Now we're going to go know God sort of as a drill sergeant <laughs> and really getting down to the work of our We've seen God, and he's great, and wow, this is great, but now it's going to get costly. And this is where the discipleship one easy lesson really comes in. Great, you're here, you're mine. Now, let's get to work. Go love this person. Oh, man. <laughs> Wow. Um, but yes, ideally, a disciple, by definition, it has oriented their life around learning from Jesus. But the process of helping someone get to that place where they understand what real discipleship is, that takes some time. And that's where you are discipling them. That's where you want to get them. And then there will be a period of time where they get there. And then after that period of time then they'll be ready to disciple someone else. Does that help? Yeah, definitely. Never, never a cut and dry answer. I but. think you know, it's what you said about just that, you know, if you feel like somebody's maybe in that area where you're wondering, am I being faithful even in my investment yeah. to bring others alongside? Because I've even, since I've been here, yeah. I've seen maybe someone begin to sort of work, work their way into the body, come to a lot of stuff and whatever. Yeah. And then at some point, someone had a pretty yeah. great conversation with them where they realized, like, you know what, you're really yeah. not ready to... Yeah. You're not ready to integrate, so you're not really doing yourself really yeah. any service. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where, if you're discipling someone, you need to think as a team. It's never your project. You are representing the team and serving that person on behalf of the team. And you are actually, you're accountable to the team to let that person shape you the way God wants to shape you. And that's how you, that's how you continue in your own discipleship, right? It's not like you finish the course of discipleship. It's you move on to intermediate discipleship, which is, all right, now laying your life down for someone else. I think the illustration of the team is really, really powerful. I remember once you told me about we were actually specifically talking about evangelism and you just said, you know, because I was talking about some of the things that we encountered and it's like, you know, you might have felt like you've been out there like fishing with the line and we're fishing with the net and right. the church has a hole against the net. You know, it's yeah. really a empowering feeling Yes. versus being out, you know, by yourself just casting the line in. Yeah. Someone's like, no, like, and, and the more that church is integrated together, maybe the, the tighter net that net is and yeah. fish are able to slip through. Yeah. 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 The biggest thing is keeping in mind what discipleship actually is, what it means to actually disciple someone. It's not, it, it is a, it's hard work. It's like you've decided to adopt a baby. Praise the Lord. Now we've got to take care of a child. You know, it's, it's that level of there is need now that I need to res- respond to, and it's not optional, right? Um, it's, it's being available to someone in that way. And it does cause you to reorient your life. Um, and I'll tell you this. You cannot work discipleship into your life. You can't have your life 
and then add discipleship into it. You have to orient your life around discipleship or it'll never happen. It will never be genuine. Right? It'll be spare time discipleship. That doesn't work. Right? That's not that's not what Jesus did with his disciples. He was all in. Right? He was he was on a mission, but man, he was all in with them. And he gave his life for those guys to teach them and he bore with them and, and everything. So that's what he calls us to do. Um, and it's really that, that all-in commitment, that all-in availability to someone where the true, uh, the true work of, of being part of making disciples happens. But that's where all those scriptures come, come to bear. You, know, it, it, there, there's, you start to treasure the verses that say, whoever seeks to gain his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If you, you get context for that. You say, oh, this is costing me my life. Great. I'm about to find life. <laughs> you know? And you really do. It's a whole different world that you, you didn't even know existed. This world of being available, 100% available to what God wants to do through you. It's an amazing thing. Um, to, to be in the yoke with Jesus. So, amen. Does that help paint a picture kind of what, what we're talking about when we talk about discipleship? Um, any other clarifications that, that, that you would want? And hopefully this starts some good conversations because like I said, I, I would like us to go away from this and take stock. You know, it's, it's kind of a crude way to ask it, <laughs> but I think it's helpful to start the conversation. Who's discipling me and who am I discipling? Right? Period. And I think there should you should at least know a person, or it could be a couple people, right? It's not not to have to be this like this locked in one-on-one mentorship thing. Um, you could get with a couple people. Like I know a lot of our, our ladies get together in groups of two or three. Those, you know, those essentially can be discipleship groups. I mean, that's what you're getting there to do, to, to be in the presence of God together, to pray, to seek him together. That's the work of discipleship. Um, and that can be where you're being discipled. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm being discipled by this person and this person who have been here a little longer than me, but not much. You know? And that's the thing. There's not this big gap between disciplers and people who need to be discipled. It's just that the... We're all we're all just a few years apart from each other. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an issue of responsibility. There are areas of responsibility that aren't even a question for you. Um, discipleship, there is some of a, it is a little bit voluntary. Um, but once you commit, you're saying, I've taken responsibility. I've taken ownership. Ownership's a bad word. It's not ownership of that person. Ownership of helping them. Of being the one who, if if no one else is considering them or praying for them, I am considering them and praying for them. I am making sure 
that they are understanding what that preacher who sometimes says strange things, what, what he's actually talking about. You know, I'm there to help. You know, I'm there to help them understand what home group is because that's a weird thing. Why would you do that? It's, it feels strange. What are these songs about? You know, it's having that understanding like this is a foreign land for some people and being that bridge to help uh, get them integrated. Amen. So the question is, who's discipling? Do you, do you know, basically, do you have that established in your life? And um, that's the biggest question. Who's discipling you? And if you know you've gone through that process, if it, and then the, the question is, who are you discipling? Are you taking responsibility for anyone? Uh, are you opening your life and revolving yourself around uh, helping someone flourish in their walk with God? Uh, for their sake, not for your sake, not for your a notch in your belt, but because they need someone to do that, right? <laughs> and you had someone to do that with you, and, and we need to do that for each other. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you um, bear with us, you stick with us, um, and you revealed in, the, in your son uh, what discipleship looks like. And I thank you that uh, when we come to him, we don't just get pardon for sin, uh, but we get uh, an example, we get a, a, a model of life as it should be. And so, Lord, as we come to the table tonight, we want to acknowledge that, uh, yes, you have paid uh, the penalty of our sin. You have, um, you have made it possible for forgiveness to happen. And we embrace that. We embrace the forgiveness of sins. But, Lord, we also embrace uh, the life of the resurrection. Lord, the, the life that you have called us to live. Uh, the, the life that's patterned after yours. And so, Lord, I pray that, that we would drink deeply in, in joy uh, this evening. That we would uh, take it into our lives, your, your forgiveness. Uh, but, Lord, that we would also, as we partake, that we would get a vision of life as you've called us to live it. Broke, poured out. Meet us here at the table, Lord, as we spend some time meditating on who you are and uh, breaking bread, as uh, you called your disciples to do, as we, as we see them doing uh, in the early church, Lord. We want to break bread tonight in a real, genuine way and receive this as a means of the grace that you've poured out and the Holy Spirit that you offer us. In Jesus' name, amen.